Hey girl, hey, this is Tina. We are in the She Shed. I am excited to share this conversation. Um, I'm thinking that it's going to be some individuals that will really have some, some say-so about this conversation um, because I think that, yeah, it's just what we do. Hi, I'm Tina Bailey, founder of Build Her Collaborations, Master Life Coach, best-selling author, non-profit strategy consultant, and the creator of the Boss Up Podcast. In this podcast, we focus on tips and strategies to help women see themselves unapologetically as the CEO of their own life. It's time for women to walk boldly, be optimistic, strategic, and self-reliant, withholding nothing. Today, I'm sitting here in this realm as a person who really wants to help us all understand and really get a better grip on what we are allowing to come into our presence and who we are allowing access to us and how it's affecting us in the long run. So I am joined by Holly Moore. She is the CEO and founder of More Intimacy. And Holly and I, we go back far, but what we have learned is that we kind of feed on each other and we are able to bring light to some things that other people may seem to be timid about discussing. Um, but we have this kind of idea of if you don't, if you don't reveal it, you can't heal it. So that's, that's what we do. We bring things to light so that we can get some healing in our lives and hopefully help other people to heal in their situation. So first of all, I want to say welcome, Holly. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Like always, I'm glad. <laughs> so, so last week, I put a post on my social media and the post, hold on, let me turn this off because it's loud. <laughs> um, I put a post on my social media account and it received a lot of engagement. Actually, it was the most active um, post for the entire week. And it was, it was weird. It was, it was quite strange because of the responses that I received. And it prompted me to even add it to my boss up program, a boss up podcast, because there was so much information about it. And I know that coming into the she shed, um, which is another part of the podcast where we can talk candidly and not have to really, um, I say monitor our words, we can actually be real and honest and take off that mask and really talk about and get to the nitty gritty of it all. So without further ado, what the post said was, we attract what we are, not what we want. So first, Holly, I want you to say, what does that mean to you? When you hear that, what's the first thought to come to your mind? Okay, we attract what we are, not what we want. Correct. I believe that thing, you know, it, it, it's it's a vibration, right? Um, if you're hurt and you choose in a hurt and broken state, it's like being thirsty, right? Being thirsty, you're just gonna grab anything to drink because you're so thirsty. But when you have quenched that thirst and um, you're able to choose wisely, like no, I'm gonna you choose a healthier drink because this is better for me, if that makes sense. It so, does. Yeah. So I believe that we attract what we are, not what we want. 
and and then we're in a, when when we're in a better state of mind and we have communed with God and we're in a better peace a state of peace and we have healed from traumas and healed from past hurts and so forth we're able to be in a happier state you know mm-hmm. so we're looking for that person that's going to bring us peace that's the real one. Somebody's going to be as peace and joy because we are that peace and joy. We exude that peace and joy. So we want that. We don't want no toxic. We don't want any drama. Save it for your mama. We don't I want that. that. Right. Right. We want that, uh, that surrounding to be inviting, you know? So I think that's, that's, that, that, that's what I feel from it. We attract what we are and not what we want. That's good. So it was funny. You said something just now. You're like, save the drama for your mama. I saw this posted. It said something about, I think it was a TikTok maybe, but um, it was like, you know, there is a person that will accept you just as you are. She will love you unconditionally. She will let you um, pull pieces of her and just do anything you want to, to her and still come back for more and just constantly um, make you bigger than you are at all times, at all costs of whatever it takes of her, she is willing to give you. And she said, but I'm not that person. That person is your mama. (laughs) I was like, yes, exactly. Right. So that was so funny to me. I cracked up for a while about that. But I wanted to share um, two of the comments. Like there was a lot of comments, but there was two that stood out in my mind. And I wanted to bring them to the she shed because I'm like, okay, we need to really talk about this, people. Um, So the first one was someone can attract a person with a dark side and not know it until it's too late. But that does not mean that person has the same dark side. And at first glance, you're like, okay, yeah, I mean, you know, we can attract people that, you know, are dark, but I want to push back and say, especially if I'm saying that we attract what we are and not what we want, mm-hmm. I want to push back and say, we all have a dark side. Come on. Yes. yes. We all have that side of us that we don't really want no one to see, you mm-hmm. know, and is it's either one that it hasn't been provoked or poked to a point that it has revealed itself or we have learned to suppress it, but it's there. Like yeah. we all have a dark side. I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer. There's two sides to every coin. There's a negative and a positive to everybody. Yes. And so if, you know, I can come off and I can display, I'm, I'm a, I believe in energy and I believe that energy is transferred. And I know for me, I can't speak for anyone else, but I know for me, um, you tend to get what you give with me. If you give me love, I'm gonna give you a whole lot of love. If you give me hell, I'm gonna give you a whole lot of hell. I don't mean it in a negative way, but you know, I'm just past that thing of trying to make people into something that they're not. And if that's what you want to do, I have to make a decision as to whether or not I want to give you access to me, but I have to allow you to be who you are. And sometimes that can be dark. It can be dark in the matter of I might, you know, just really just, as I say, take my ball and go home. It's okay. And I don't have no, I don't have no, no, no less love for you. I still want you to enjoy your life. I still want you to prosper, but it don't mean that you can prosper with my ball. Is that, is that absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, and it goes to say that you're supposed to see somebody in all seasons, right? 
you know, mm-hmm. fall, winter, spring, summer, and um, you sit back and you observe them in all those situations, and you see how they handle those certain situations. You know, you don't tell them how to act. You don't tell them what you expect, to, how they're going to act. You look and see what their nature is. And I believe that we all have a, a, a dark side to us. And even in the Bible, it says, do not, um, even parents who love us, nurture us, gave us life. And in the Bible, God said, do not provoke your children. Do not provoke them. Right? Do not push them. Mm-hmm. Do not provoke them. You know, in a way that's going to have them retaliate. So, if God is saying this to his children, don't, you know, to your children, don't provoke your children in that manner. You know, what about adults that provoke each other? If we're supposed to be all ch- coming childlike to Christ and so forth, you know, we we should not provoke each other and it should be a standard of communi- communication. And so when we are provoked, you know, you're either going to get Dr. Jekyll, Mr. H- Mrs. Hyde. Is that how it goes? You're yeah, gonna, Dr. Jekyll. You're going to get Clark Kent or Superman, <laughs> Superwoman. You're going right. to it, it depends what side you want. You know, I could either which one. What side do you want? You know, it, you know, what's, what's the old saying that um, they used to say you can attract more bees to honey than vinegar? Correct. Correct. That, 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 mm-hmm. that goes to that. I feel that's the same way. Yeah. And I think the other side of that is I think that we are in such a denial and so often we don't want to admit that there is a side of us that is like I'm a firm believer that we all have a little bit of toxicity in us. If if you've you've been living on this earth long enough, there is something in you that's toxic. Yes, God can do all things and he can heal all things. However, we have to realize and understand that there's still something toxic in it. There's a, there's something about us. Like, for example, I will say for me, I am one of those individuals, like one of my, when I, I can admit to my flaws and my flaws, a great big flaw of mine is I cut people off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I do. I'll cut people off. Like if you mistreat me or hurt me, I like I said, I take my ball and go home. I just I kind of cut it off and I can see you on the street and I can hug you and love you or I can see you on the street and I like I never met you. It, it's not anything that is is bad. It's I've learned to protect myself and protect my mental yeah. capacity and protect my peace at all stands. And if you are violating or, or um, interfering with that peace, I have to make a conscious decision or in my way I say it in boss up. I make an executive decision whether or not to continue the contract with you. And if it's wrong, I'm going to terminate that contract. Absolutely. Rightfully so. Yeah. So, so then there was another comment that came up and this one is right here. It just kind of lit me on fire. And when I read it, you're going to understand why, because you know, this is right down my alley. (laughs) It says, I'm worried. Am I a narcissist? Because I keep attracting this type of behavior. Oh, pause. I was like, wait a minute. I had to, I not only wrote a comment, I did a video about it because I had to let old girlfriend know, no ma'am, you are not a narcissist because you attract a narcissist. However, my dear, my love, my baby girl, you could very well have um, some narcissistic behaviors Uh and or you are just a good supply for a narcissist. And so what I wanted us to talk about is narcissism as well as, you know, the similarities um, of, of individuals who have been 
entangled, <laughs> entangled with someone that has that behavior. But then most importantly, before we even start that, I want us to realize that is a term that many people are using and they're using it um, wrong, just point blank. Um, everybody is not a narcissist. You know, they, according to statistics, it said that 1% of Americans are narcissistic, are diagnosed narcissists. Narcissist. However, what we need to realize is this, there is probably more narcissists, even 1% is a lot, but there's probably more, but we have to realize a narcissist will never acknowledge that they are a narcissist, so therefore they can never be diagnosed. So it's probably more than that, but everybody you meet is not a narcissist. Some people are just toxic. Some people just um, are mean and rude and abusive, but it don't mean that they're narcissists. Um, and we have to be careful when we're throwing out that terminology and, and labeling everyone by any term in any means. However, for this conversation, we are talking about individuals who are actually narcissists. And so I was just sitting there thinking, and I was like, you know, it's just like I just said, if you are a narcissist, if a person is a narcissist, more than likely, they are not going to admit that they are. And so they're not going to go and get any help. And if they do say that they are narcissists, it's probably because a narcissist wants attention. And so that's the way they're using to get that attention. And mm -hmm. so if you're asking if you are a narcissist, that means you're acknowledging that something could be wrong and you're wanting to do something about it. A narcissist would never want to do anything about it. They're going to find blame in someone else and say, oh, you just pick it at me or you're the one with the problem. And there's a lot of gaslighting and so forth that goes on with that. So that was the first thing. That was the first flag for me. Like, baby, no, you're not a narcissist if you're asking that question. It just Absolutely. don't work. Yet. Absolutely. And, and oh, go, go ahead. No, I just said my heart goes out, right? Uh, being oh, yeah. Most definitely. It's hard. Yes. It's hard work, right? And it is hard work. It, mm -hmm. it is very hard work. And I know that we both, you know, we, we share this, this, this common thread in dealing with narcissistic people in our lives. And so, you know, it is hard. And it is a lot of um, uh, PTSD that comes along with it when you have been dealing with it because you don't really know how to. You don't always know how to navigate it and, and know truth from lies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the best way to say it, right? The truth. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to make it clean. I know when she shit, but I still wanted to make it clean. I know, right? Um, and then the other thing that I was I was saying is that I was talking about it being a you know being a supply, and I want people to understand and realize that you know someone with the narcissistic behavior are constantly looking for a supply, someone that can um, build them up and build their ego and make them um, bigger than they are. Um, a narcissist a lot of times is un, is incapable of having; they don't have a lot of hmm, morals and values. And they're chameleons. They begin to take on the characteristic of whomever and whatever's around them. Mm -hmm. However, so does a codependent. And yeah. I think that that's something that we don't talk about because, and I'm speaking as a codependent, um, a lot of times we will manipulate a situation to get what we want. And so does a narcissist, you know? So that codependent, it would probably, it would look something like this. I'm going to, I'm going to love you. And I'm going to give you all of me 
so that you will love me back. And I'm going to manipulate the situation so that I can be what you want me to be instead of what I desire to be. Mm -hmm. A narcissist looks at it as I'm going to be whatever I want to be and you come along with the program or you're not good enough. And they'll manipulate the situation to make you think that you're less than so you're constantly trying to please it. And so I just, I mean, my whole thing was, it was just amazing when I saw that and, you know, my mind just went crazy because I'm like, we need to realize you're still attracting it. You don't have the same label. And I hate labeling anyone. You might not have the same title, but you have very similar um, characteristics. And that's what is attracting that behavior that you don't want. It's, you know, it's just like you was just saying earlier, you was talking about thirsty. If you're thirsty, you're going to drink anything that anyone gives you, even poison, because mm -hmm. you're thirsty. But when you're not thirsty and you just have, you know, you just want to quench your thirst, you're going to be very specific in what you're grabbing hope to and what you're wanting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, I don't know if you you had said that, that uh, the particular person that they felt like there was something wrong with them because they kept attracting narcissists. Mm -hmm. Did you you spoke on that, right? You spoke on that. Yeah, to that person. I talked to them and I said, you know that's this is exactly what I did. The response that I said was that a lot of times is that there's something in you that they are drawn to, you know, it's the you are a good supply. You know, a narcissist wants someone that they can control and manipulate and change. And a lot of times the individuals, what I have seen and, and the people that I've dealt with, they are very pleasing. They're people pleasers. They want to make everyone around them happy. And so they begin to um, change who they are in order to fit the mold and what other people want them to be. And that's where you have to be careful. You have to make sure that you are not changing who you are to accommodate the needs of other people. That's that's not helping anybody. Absolutely. And, but and, another, and another thing, a, a common uh, misconception is that narcissists go for, you know, the weak they don't go for the weak. They because they're easily to manipulate. They go for that strong, confident woman. You know that strong-willed person um, they, that has many, you know, gifts and talents because they want to look good. You know, they want to yeah. Also, feel more accomplished when they you know tear that person down. You know. Yes. Yes. And you're right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. 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 Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But you're right. I mean. You know, you think about it like this, you know, okay, maybe I, maybe it's just me. <laughs> I mean, I'm putting too much of my business out. It's out there now. But anyway, yeah, so a lot of times what we do is, you know, we'll see you have that person that is who you hang around your friends with, but then you have that one that you take home to mama, <laughs> right? And so a lot of times, like you were just saying, it's that nice um uh, ambitious person that you take home to mama because you want to show, you know, I can attract this type of person and I'm with this type of person. They're good people, right? Yep. And I feel, and I've seen that a lot too with that behavior is they will begin to um, attract those individuals that, you know, it's like a, a what do you say, a arm candy. 
Yes. They look good. They mm-hmm. their personality is great. And you know, they, they make a scene, you know, they are a scene, they're part of the scene. And they <laughs> are, you know, they they good, they good on they look good on them. Mm-hmm. But but at home they could be tearing them down because like you just said, they want to keep them in that space. They want to keep them below them. They don't want them to be more. And so that's what we have to be careful of. Like, who are you giving access to? Who are you allowing in your presence? Um, And and the other part of the the post that I was talking about was like, garbage in is garbage out. And so if you allow that in, eventually you will begin to push it out. Because what it says in the Bible, it says, whatsoever a man thinketh, so is he. And if you think you are less than you will present yourself as less than. Mm-hmm. If you think that you're not good enough, you're going to start presenting yourself as not good enough and speak those things into existence. So we have to be extremely careful with what we are putting in our minds and what we are allowing to download and deposit in us. Yes, yes. I'm a firm believer. Yes. So one of the things, you know, as we, you know, dive on deeper into the she shed. So what things would you say, like if, you know, have there been or is there um, behaviors that you have seen, like even within yourself, it's like, oh, Lord, I that's that's narcissistic supply right there. Or or a lot of times what we don't realize is we can have what they call um, what the psychologists call um, narcissistic fleas mm. and what that means or and or that we have began to adapt to certain behaviors and that becomes our norm and is what we do. Wow. Um, whoa, that, that was a good question. That, <laughs> that, that is very, very good. Um, you know, going through this whole healing process and figuring out was my unpacking unpacking what is mine and what is not mine. That's, that's the key. Whatever, you know, I had to do to survive in that relationship, you know, I have to remind myself, this is not me, right? This mm-hmm. is not who I am. And reminding myself and going to remembrance of who I am and who I truly am. Um, because most of those things are walls put up for survival, right? So after you, uh, after, you know, I had to unpack those things and realizing like, okay, I don't want to be, you know, like you said, a, a narcissist or I don't want to carry over these behaviors. What could, it could be, um, you know, you know, trying to, you know, combat with somebody, you know, mm-hmm. combat with that person to over prove myself, you know, when that person is putting me down. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, you know, um, we, yeah, we become overcompetent. Uh, over, oh, we overcompensate. Yeah. Um, in many, many areas. I know for me, one of the things that I dealt with was like um, perfectionism. You know, mm-hmm. I had to make sure everything was perfect so that I did not, you know, push that 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 um, that folder too hard, or I wasn't putting myself in a situation to where I was upsetting the abuser. And so I wanted everything perfect and it transformed, transformed into a lot of areas in my life to where I just had to do everything perfect. I remember growing up, if I got a B in school, I was mad. Wow. And somebody else would be like a B girl, but 
when you live that life and you're trying to be perfect, a V is not perfect. Um, I also knew it was even down to the point of the way I folded towels. They had to be perfectly in line. Mm. And yeah, it was it was rough. It was hard because you are constantly trying to put yourself in a situation to where you don't make an error. You don't make errors at all. And now on the other side, the flip side of that and navigating and helping other women navigate through all of this, I see it so clearly. I can see it so clearly like you're an overachiever, you're a perfectionist. Yes. You know, you're wanting to, you're afraid of making a mistake. You're afraid of being who you are because someone told you you weren't good enough. Yes, that part. You know, and the other thing is I had to work on self-love, a lot of self-love because I had it before, but when you get into these, you know, relationships, it tear you down. They first starts off as a joke and then it makes it and over and over again, or they criticize your cooking, or they criticize the way you look, or they criticize your singing, and or they just criti- you know everything is a lot of criticism, and then you start mm-hmm. to cloak, you start to wear those criticisms, and you're like, okay, maybe you start to believe those things, you know. So those are like you said, the fleas. I had to remind myself who I was. I mean, I had mm-hmm. to go back and be like, no, this is, this was never me. I, you know, this is who I truly am, you know? So, you know, that self-love and loving on yourself unconditionally is the biggest thing for me right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know I have um, a program where I say it's it's called dating yourself. Mm. And I remember one of the things that I was talking about in that, in that course is making sure that you figure out what makes you happy, not what makes you happy around other people. What makes you happy? Because that's different. You know, we do a lot of code switching in society, but it's really, really sad when you have to code switch to the person in the mirror. Wow. You know, we're constantly making up things inside of us just to appease and please other people. Like, no, I, I don't believe in I am who I am, accept it or leave it. No, because we all have space where we can grow and learn and change. But when it gets to the point where you are changing your values, your core value, values or your morals just for someone to like you, that's a no-no. That's yeah. a big flag. If you can't be yourself around someone, it's more than likely that person is not someone you need to be around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like I'm learning that every single day. I'm learning myself because I was too a people pleaser. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and it goes back to, you know, you wanted that acceptance, you know, mm-hmm. you wanted mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, because you're not getting that acceptance or that perfectionism, you want to be perfect, you know, and, um, you know, coming off of that, it's like detox, you know, girl, yeah. Big detox. It's all. It's like you know what was I was I on heroin or something? Like what the world? Like you and and I think the funny part of it is you know you say that and we laugh and we're laughing about it, but we actually when you are detoxing from those relationships, you go through a detox period, even to the point of even craving it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Like, well, you know, and start justifying, well, it won't that bad, <laughs> you know, or, hmm, I miss it. 
And and you're like, what are you missing? Are you missing the reality or are you missing the truth of what it really was? Because a lot of times we, especially when we come out of um, an abusive relationship, it's very easy to just see the good times. We miss the bad things that was happening because we suppress those. That part, suppressing the bad times. And that's why I keep reminders. You keep those reminders to remind you like, okay, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I tell people, I tell um, women that I deal with, where I work with them, um, you know, you need to write down your feelings right now that you don't want it. Write it down right now so that you can be reminded because when things start, when you get lonely and you lay in there and you're going to remember all the good things, you're not going to remember the bad things that happen. I'm not saying dwell on them, but I am saying make sure that you don't find yourself in a situation to where you go back and what they say, don't let your loneliness cause you back to something that was killing you. That part, mm -mm. I already know myself uh, 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 killing you or putting you in a situation where you are behind bars because you know, that person would gaslight you and then turn around and do that same thing over to you again. And then you explode knowing that you already knew that it was a snake, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the bite. But yet, and still, you you have those expressions and, you know, that passion and that anger. So it's best to just let things be, walk away, and so that you can be the person that God has called you to be and uh, move forward to where God can have you bigger and better, you know? Right, that part. And, but how do you do that? Because... That's the thing, you know, that is the main thing. A lot of times we don't want to put that time in to start nurturing ourselves and providing ourselves with the same amount of love that we so freely give everyone else. And I would say you have to take that time and you have to take that break and just say, okay, what do I need at the moment? And if you're attracting that type of behavior, nine times out of 10, it's in you somewhere. Wow. Wow. I don't know. I, I, I tried to sit back um, to answer your first question before I forget. You know, you said, how do you, you know, build on that self-love and to move past it? It's isolation. Isolation mm -hmm. brings revelation. You hear me? Come on. Isolation. And some people, and I realize people don't want that un uncomfortability of being alone. They rather choose comfort than choosing that uncomfort, to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you're isolated, you're able to reflect, to reflect on the things, the good things. You're able to reflect on the bad things. You are able to reflect on what you can do to become a better person. You know, you have that time to just meditate on the word of God. Uh, you have, you just have time. But when you have distractions, it distracts you from <laughs> what is real, you know, mm -hmm. and what's at hand. And so that isolation is very, very important. Yeah. But we don't want to sit in isolation. It's lonely in isolation. It's lonely. Why would, why would we want to be alone? <laughs> no, it, it's perfect for you to be alone. It's yeah. perfect for you to get that revelation so you could become loving on yourself, building yourself. And so you don't choose hurt. You don't choose bad again. You know, it, it builds character. It builds discipline. It, build, it builds so many things inside of you, getting to know you better so you can choose better. Mm, that's a T-shirt. That's, that's part, that part. That part. <laughs> that part. You know, when you were talking, like, both of us are parents. And so when you were talking about that, what I thought about is, you know, when a baby is learning how to walk, if every time that baby takes a step and fall, you jump, you know, that baby is going to be, is going to, 
think that it needs you in order to move. Mm-hmm. And it never it will never learn how to stand back up and proceed. Or if every time they cry, you come running. They will never learn to self-soothe. And a lot of times we have never learned how to self-soothe. We have never learned how to make ourselves feel better. It's like, you know, one of the things that I um, learned in my certification in, in RAP is, which is a wellness recovery action plan, is what's in your toolbox? What's in your toolbox? And what do you use when you are at that point and you feel yourself spiraling out of control? How do you bring yourself back to the point to where you can, you have the tools and equipment to come out of that depression or sadness or that mental challenge? How do you bring yourself back? Are you looking for other people to do that? What if they're not available? You've got to know how to bring yourself out. And so for me, one of the things that I use is music. I love music and you know that about me. Mm-hmm. I I love music, like all genre of music. Well, not all, because I don't really care for <laughs> heavy metal and um, um, the rock. I, just, yeah, head banging is not my thing. <laughs> but, girl, you can give me R&B. You can give me jazz. You can even give me country. Like, I just love, and gospel, of course, is at the very top, but I love music. And so when I find myself feeling down, because we have to realize, I don't care how much healing you go through, there are going to be times in your life where you're going to feel some down moments. And what do you do in those down moments? And mine, like I said, is music. I've cut the music on and cut it up loud and dance around. (laughs) In my mind, I'm I'm Beyonce, you know, like. I, I might not, I might look like Shrek, but I'm doing Beyonce, you know, Beyonce. <laughs> you know, and you know, but you have to figure out what works for you. What strikes that in you to where you feel better about yourself and not look for other people to soothe you because that's when you're looking for outward validation. And when you're looking for someone else to validate you, you also are um, looking you take their criticism as more than it is. Mm, it becomes that's, a reality. That's true. That's true. So I think that in that line is we have, we as people, and I don't want to just say women, cause I know there are some, some guys that's watching and listening too, but we as people, we've got to learn how to self soothe and not look mm-hmm. for other people to validate us. And we also have to, Stop allowing people to just deposit on us just because they can. Yeah. Mine is working out. I joined a boxing gym. So if I have no other outlet, I call it my outlets, right? If you don't have a true a hobby or an outlet, you know, you're, you're, you're I feel like there's destruction on the horizon, <laughs> especially oh, yeah. if you have high stressful situations. So you need an outlet. You know, so an outlet where you can get out that aggression, the outlet, you know, where you can commune and talk to people, work out, run, jog, um, you know, music, sing, dance. Those are outlets to uh, openly express, you know, how you feel so you can come up and come up with solutions, you know, not sit and complain, but just, hey, well, I'll I'll get to it and I'll come up with the solution. But now I'm going to enjoy my time. I give myself like you know, 30 minutes a day, you know, <laughs> yep, yep. You know, 
Girl, let me tell you about my experience with the boxing, the kickboxing. <laughs> so I love, you know, I'm all about trying something new. But I'll never forget, I went to do kickboxing and it was a really good class. Mm-hmm. And I was doing things and, you know, the, the, the girl was making me feel good about myself. You know, oh, you got a strong kick, you know. It's like, yeah, you know, can you go a little higher? And I'm kicking a little higher. I'm feeling myself, feeling myself, feeling myself, right? Girl, I got up the next day and couldn't move. I was like, I done, I done felt myself so much I ain't got no feeling. <laughs> but like you said, it's so important to find those things, like, that will take you out of your comfort and out of your norm. Okay, so what? You couldn't, you know, it was it was painful the next day. Is that, that pain is a lot better than emotional pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll go away. That, you know, that soreness will go away in a couple of days. That mental exhaustion and pain and toxicity, it's going to stick with you forever. So mm-hmm. get that mess out. And I think it's so important that we leave that message of you don't have to, sit in that you don't have to you can't you can't afford to sit in it that part you can't afford to sit in it yeah you know you need to get get clarity and through those outlets you gain clarity that's why they tell you to work out that's why they they tell you to go sing and dance and have hobbies and so forth so you can get back to the situation and, and go on the outside instead of being engulfed in that situation you can be on the outside looking in instead of on the in in looking out you know yeah you know i have this thing that says you know a lot of times we're in situations and we can't even see how bad it is because you know they say you can't see the picture because you're part of the frame sometimes you can't see how toxic something really is until you step out of it and you have to give yourself a mental break if you're not feeling comfortable in a situation, just take a step back. It don't mean you have to walk away from the relationship. And and I'm not saying romantic relationships. It can be friendships. It can be jobs. It can be anything. But if you are not, if you don't feel, something feels off, nine times out of 10, something is off. Mm. You know, we got to learn how to trust ourselves. And that's something that we don't do really good. We'll trust what someone else says about us before we'll trust what we know about us. Oof. That's a whole nother yeah. topic. That's a whole. That's nother. a whole nother topic, right? Nother but topic. it's it's so important that you just take the time, take a step back, evaluate the situation, and decide: Is this something I feel good about? Is this something that I really want to continue? Is it worth it? Because everything ain't worth it. Some battles we're fighting should have just been a conversation. Hmm. <laughs> Or, or not even a conversation, just a thought and move on. We have situations and people in our life that should have, should have, the conversation should have ended at, hey, how you doing? All right, bye. That's it. Some relationships too. Yeah. This should have been there. They end up, your missionary project end up being your, you know, significant other. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, we talked about that once before. Like you have, you have people that come into your life for a reason, a season and a lifetime. We got to stop making lifetime people, seasonal people, lifetime projects. And then on another flip, just for the fun of it, realize and understand this is not build a bear and the show ain't build a man or build a woman. Stop trying to fix something into something that's not. Live in the reality and not in the potential of stuff. If you put people in the category in which they're supposed to be, you will stop having as many heartbreaks and uh, heart um, 
palpitations going on. I mean, that was something I had to learn. I had to learn it the hard way because I was that person. I was that one that I would see you and, you know, say it's a business partner. I done built, we done have built a whole program in my mind and all you said was, hey. <laughs> and so we have to be careful that we align people where they are and put them in the place, in the space of where they're supposed to be and not just looking at what it is. Now, I have to admit, I am one of those people. Most of my relationships, I am looking at, okay, how is this going to benefit me? How How is this going to benefit me and how am I going to benefit them? And the reason for that is because I see my life and every aspect as a business. Yes. And so I make business decisions with everything I do for my life. And so I don't have um, surface relationships anymore. I, I don't. And, you know, I wish I, I wish I could apologize for it, but I'm not. Um, everything that I do, I have to see that there is going to be a return of investment because my my time is money. Yes. And if we begin to see that like that, we will stop um, just giving access to any and everybody in our lives. The gatekeeper. Oh, it's, a, it's a gatekeeper, you know, having that gatekeeper. Before, when you're like in your 20s and so forth, you're letting everybody in. And then 30s, you start to evaluate. And then 40, you're like, okay, I need, I got to have those boundaries, those gatekeepers, you know. And some people have it sooner, right? right. Uh, you know. Some people have it sooner, but I, you know, I can only speak on my um, experiences having those gatekeepers because time is money. And when you don't have that much time and you want certain things, you can't keep doing the same thing and wanting different results. That's insanity. That's right? insanity. Yeah. And so people want to attract what, you know, they want to attract differently. So you can't keep doing the same things and wanting to attract something different. You have to do something different if you want something different. Exactly. And I think that so often we become in a rut. Like it's, it becomes our comfort. It becomes our comfort zone is where we want to, to rest. And in this day and time, in this age that we live in, yes, you have to have significant rest, but you have to make sure that you're resting in the right moments. And sometimes we're not doing that. We're resting just because we're we don't want to face the fact. We don't want to deal with the reality of what's going on. So oh, I'll just put this on the back burner for a while. Mm. And then five years later, it's still sitting on the back burner. So what would you say for somebody who has, you know, they're, they're going through so much and they have that fatigue, right? I call it like, you know, not life fatigue, but relationship fatigue or, you know, dealing with certain situation. And it's a fatigue, right? They're trying to do better, but you know, things hit them from left to right, front to back, right? And mm -hmm. so I know, I know what, what I would do in certain situations of that nature. I hope I'm explaining myself good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, through that fatigue of trying to orchestrate their lives and trying to get the narcissist out and get the, whether it's from your family or friends or so forth, and getting those, you know, people who mean you no good out of their lives and moving forward to attract better for themselves. You know, what would you give? What advice would you give to that person? What first steps would you do to evaluate um, a person that um, evaluate their whole playboard? <laughs> I would say right. the whole game board. Yeah. So you know. I think I think that I think that the first thing is to take the attention off of them. Mm hmm. 
It's not about them. Mm. Um, you have to make sure that you're in a position where you know what you want. That's you good. know what you know what your mission is, you know what your purpose is, you know what your gameplay is. You know, the best chess, and you know, and I don't know a lot about chess. My kids learned it when they was young, and I learned enough that I could play with them, but I never beat them because I ain't know it. But you have to know your board, you have to know your chess board, you have to know what you want on the board, you have to know who you are, you have to know your plan, you have to know have your own business plan. You have to know what it is that you want in your life, what you need in your life. And then you can start saying, okay, is that person that? But if you don't know what you want, you're going to just go for whatever is presented to you. And then down the road, you can say, I ain't even want that. Mm. So I would say the first step is figuring out what it is that you want in life. Figuring out what your mission is, figuring out what your what you want your your business or life to look like, and then start pursuing those individuals that will help that come into fruition. And a lot, and what will begin to happen is you will attract people that's doing the same thing. And how wonderful would that be? That's good. So putting yourself around those people who you want to emulate, uh, who where you want to see your life to go, is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah, to a certain degree. I think so often we are, you know, we're, we are attaching ourselves to people who represent who we used to be instead of the people we want to be. Ooh, that's a whole nother You know, show. you're not that person anymore. <laughs> Another shirt, right? You're not that person anymore. So why do you keep sitting in that space? You know, if, you would not, if you have a master's degree, you wouldn't go sit in kindergarten. <laughs> if you have a high school diploma, if you in the fifth grade, you don't want to sit with the kindergartens. So why are you still, why are you trying to force yourself in the fit in the places that you have outgrown? It, it don't it mean that you're better than them. It just means that I'm better than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes... The other thing- Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me get this up real quick. I think it goes back to that comfortability. That's all I was gonna say. Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah, it's comfortable. It don't require a lot of a lot out of us to go back into those places that are easy. But if it's easy, I mean, just think about it. You don't appreciate something that comes. You don't. I'm not gonna say you don't appreciate, but it is very likely that you are not going to give as much appreciation to something that's just handed to you versus something that you had to work for. Mm. If I have to work for it, I'm a cherish it because I know how hard it was for me to get it. And so I say, you know, I've heard this, I've heard this being said before. If you see me out here for all my life, I have been catering to the needs of other people. So if you see me out here having fun, enjoying my life, leave me alone. Just, just leave me alone because I deserve this. I've earned this right. And I think that that's one of the things we have to do. I think the other thing that I would say, what I would say to a person that is, is trying to navigate through that is to be honest with yourself. To be truthfully and honest with yourself. If it don't look right and feel right to you, don't try to make it, make it something that is not. And when you're when you're going through that process 
of filtering through all the things that are in your life that are not adding up, it's okay to just step back and take a and take another look at it. Just look at it and see, okay, what is it that I'm needing? And and so often we feel like one person is supposed to satisfy every need in our lives. And that is just not feasible. One person cannot be your everything. They might be a lot of things, but they can't be your everything. I can have a conversation with you about certain things and I have other friends that I have conversations about other things. It don't mean that I think less of you or less of them. It's just that's just the conversation and the way our relationships are built. And that's okay. So figuring out what you need and then doing it. One of the things I say, gosh, it's so much I want to say and we run out of time again. But one of the things that I wanted to say was, I know when I'm dealing with um, women, they're like, oh, I want, I'm, I'm ready for a relationship. And I'll say, well, what are, you, what are you looking for in a relationship? And they name these things. And, and the, the first thing I'll say to them is, because I tell, them, tell you, put everything you think you want in a mate on a piece of paper. And then I want you to, to put a line down the middle of that piece of paper. And I want you to say what you're doing that imitates what you're asking for. Because how can you ask someone to give you something that you're not giving to yourself? Oh, that is that is powerful. That is a powerful, powerful statement. I mean, you said, I want unconditional love, but you are criticizing everything you do. You never stand in the mirror and say, I love you, you know, or you want someone that's in shape, but you don't know when the last time you've been to the gym. Mm -hmm. You want someone that has a six figure income, but you have no goals for the next three years. It, it don't make sense. It don't add up. So you're asking someone to give you something that you're not giving yourself. And so you got to make sure you're putting yourself in a position to where you know what you want and you're giving it to yourself as well, because then you will attract individuals in your life that will do the same and that will do the same in their life. And that's what's important. It says, be not, be not unequally yoked. You cannot be with someone if you, you cannot, what is that? You can't walk hand in hand unless the two agree. You can't, <laughs> can't, can't make things happen in life. You have to be in agreement. And a lot of times we are attaching ourselves to people. We have one, one thing that we believe they have something totally different and you're trying to figure out why it's not working. That part. So that is what I would say. I would just say, just take a step back, you know, and stop. And the other thing is stop comparing yourself to other people. The image that people put on social media is just the image. I guarantee you it's not always the way it looks in real life. You will take a picture of yourself, take a selfie and you will take two, three, maybe 10 until you get the perfect one. That's the one that you're going to post. <laughs> it's probably not going to be the first one. And so you think about that the next time you're comparing yourself to someone. I want, mm, no, because their first one probably looked like I think I look. In actuality, it don't even matter. It's what you see in the mirror and what you say to the person in the mirror that matters. Yes. And many people feel like they can do that. Hope 
wish they could do that with their lives. Like, you know, <laughs> let me redo. Let me do a redo. <laughs> yeah, hit yeah, redo. But you think know, about I that. Like yeah. I, I don't like that life. I don't like how that looks. Let me do that. Yeah, easier. yeah. But let's think about that. <laughs> let's think about that. Girl, if there was a reset button, we would mess it up. We would oh, we would overutilize it. We would tear it up <laughs> in a week. Uh, redo. Redo. <laughs> redo. We would tear it every broke. You know, what is, you remember that thing? It was a um the little buzzer that I think Staples had, and you would okay. push the button and say yes, no. Uh-huh. That's what we would be redo, and like no, no, you can't redo again. You just did like like a hundred times. So mm-hmm. I think we would we would mess it up. We would break it. <laughs> <laughs> but also, in, in, in the flip note of it, you you are the star of your own story, and you can start again. And re reinvent yourself, and many times as you many want. times again. Do not let that past your past hindering you from where you want to be at. You know that part. Yeah, that, that part. Yeah. Well, girl, I appreciate you joining me in the she shed and on wisdom. Yeah. And I mean, we always have great conversations, and yeah. I just knew I had to bring this conversation. Um, to the boss up tribe because listen if you you know you do you attract what you are not what you want so when you're tired of attracting stuff that is insignificant and don't matter look within just look within and make some changes there because everything else will turn out in a different way just just slow down just slow down you are not on life is not on a time limit. I don't care what people say. Yeah, tomorrow's not promised. And and I've heard the thing, oh, you want to live once. That's a lot. You live every day you get up. You die once. Yep. yep. There you go. I like that. So, all right. Any final thoughts? No, I mean, it's a pleasure, like always, to be here. Thank you for thinking about me. Um, for these uh, combos, I love going deep in the she shed. <laughs> yes, girl, the she shed is, is where it's at. It's like, what are we talking about? Because you got to be able to shed that mask so that you can actually heal. Because what you don't reveal can never be healed. So I I enjoy talking to each and every one of you. Well, y'all listening as Holly and I share our thoughts. And I look forward to doing it again real soon. Thank you for listening in. This has been the Boss Up Podcast, and I'm your host, Tina Bailey. If you would like to connect with me further, please do so by visiting my website, www.tina.com.